This is Samia Bano with Make Change Fun and Easy, podcast to help you create massive positive change in your life and the world. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasrikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, ciao, and buna. It's so awesome to be with you again today, and I'm really happy. I have a very special guest today with me, Megan Marini, who is a high-performance coach, and I am so excited about what we're going to be talking about, Megan, because it's one of my favorite, favorite topics. So, um, and just so you know, it's related to trauma healing and how we can, um, you know, really deal with our past, reconcile the past, and then move forward to live our very best lives. Because that's something that Megan is so awesome and brilliant at helping people with. So welcome, Megan. Yay. Thank you so much, Samia. This is such a pleasure. Yes. So Megan, I invite you to jump right in and tell us more from your perspective about who you are and what you do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, so I consider myself a coach and a healer. So sorry if I didn't um, have that in there. But yeah, so I do... um, yeah, I, I just use a, a somatic framework to help people integrate and work through trauma from from the body. So we often talk about um, therapy as a top down approach. So using um, reasoning and observation, understanding um, to to look at something that's happened and the work I do is a is a bottom-up approach so it's it's more about how um, emotion is stored in the body and how a sort of memory gets stuck in the body so even though we might be able to talk about something it'll still have a charge in the body even after four or six years of therapy so this approach really allows the body to, to be in the language of the body. So it allows the, um, the past experience to reenact itself in a sense. So just like you're telling a story and someone, someone new walks in the room and interrupts, you'll, the story is of importance, you'll go back to the story and finish that story. You'll be like, well, let me finish my story. And that desire, that type of desire, that's the same inherent thing that the system, the nervous system, which is a healthy, trauma is a healthy response, right? Or how the body processes um, trauma. It's very much a healthy survival response. It just looks like anxiety, depression, PTSD, when it hasn't been processed and integrated. Not that it's ever easy to to um, go through this work. It's um, of paramount importance, especially when we see the genetic cycle where, you know, everyone who is a recipient and a survivor of, of trauma from from poor behavior from a parent or miseducation or pure ignorance, whatever it is, they're just repeating the cycle they were handed. Right. So it's it's time now, you know, it's no longer comfortable. And with all of the changes with COVID, it's really uncomfortable to be in a body 
that um, is sort of riveted with trauma. Right. Yeah. And my gosh, you just brought up so many important, important points that I want to dig into. And one of the things that I was thinking about is, you know, when you mentioned about how trauma can look like anxiety, depression, stress, etc., when it's not been properly processed as yet, it made me think also about how healing from trauma is like a journey. And you go through these like different stages, you know, and I know uh, there's like these different paradigms and different models that explain um, trauma healing. And one of the most popular uh, paradigms is actually the, the five step or so process. Sometimes people put six steps into it, but it talks about how for most people, the very first response to trauma is to try to deny or suppress the trauma, uh, not wanting to deal with it. And then from that, you know, because it doesn't really work as a effective long-term strategy, you, your, your mind and brain sort of moves into trying to bargain and, um, uh, you know, try to deal with, like, it's sort of like part of you is seeing, ah, okay, but this happened, but maybe there's a way that, um, I can avoid dealing with it and you're just trying to bargain your way out of your feelings and um, having to deal with the issue but that doesn't work quite <laughs> very well uh, especially as a long-term strategy and usually then people find themselves moving into sort of like anger phase and then from there into a depression phase and then you know, you, you uh, begin to be able to go to a place of acceptance. And that's really the turning point. Like once you get to a place of acceptance, but before you can get to a place of acceptance, in the vast majority of uh, people's experience, first you have to go through these other, other stages of where you're denial you're in suppress suppression mode you're trying to bargain your way out of uh things but none of that works and then you get angry then you get depressed and it just right. feels really messy but it's actually a part of the healing process and it's leading you to that place of where you can finally be um, in acceptance of what has happened and then once you're in acceptance then you know there's even more to the healing process and more to the healing journey and you can move forward um even beyond that um uh, how do you think about trauma healing um when when you think about it like as a process or, or a journey mm. It's great and i really like the framework that you laid out it, it's quite nice is it is it what's been researched for like um what kind of trauma or is it um more of like a climate change kind of like tsunami and then the, the that tra trauma of like a community experiencing something together or is it 
also on like an individual yeah it, it it's mostly a model describing the individual experience um and interestingly it is uh, fairly universal in the sense that regardless of the very specific kind of trauma that you experience most people will experience these stages of you know sort of processing through uh, through the trauma um, uh, and of course depending on the specific kind of trauma you have and the specific personality and the type of person you have um, you express each stage differently like anger for example will express itself differently in different people depression or anxiety will express itself differently in different people um you know similarly with the other stages um you know anger is a really easy example to highlight in this context because like for example some people when they are angry they'll be like really loud about it and they'll get aggressive in their behavior and um uh, other people will sort of internalize the anger more and they might not express outwardly so much the anger that they're feeling and so on the surface things look calm but inside they're seething and there's toil and trouble and uh, you know going on inside of you so so it can look different in different people and um, uh, you know depending on 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 the specific kind of trauma that you had um, like for example i imagine if if it's a trauma like losing somebody that you loved because they passed away because of a long terminal illness and you feel angry about that well that kind of anger is going to express itself very differently than anger someone feels because of a trauma like sexual assault you know um or some completely other kind of trauma you know like if you had an accident and you severely injured your body like that's a completely different kind of trauma um and so depending on on the specific type of trauma the anger will seem to have different causes and will express itself differently yeah i think the other thing too is the um if it's ongoing yeah if it's repetitive right. it's ongoing mm. if it's from a care provider it's yeah. in the home mm. it's in early childhood mm. you're sort of compounding all of these things yeah. and then if it's yeah i mean yeah different traumas have different expressions too like yeah. you know um i'm seeing a lot with clients who grew up under a type a parent there's a certain um like an overachiever parent the 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 trauma that we're seeing is it's very different than a child who experienced you know physical abuse or witnessing of physical abuse mm. or very different than an emotional you know emotional trauma is like um it can be so subtle yeah so it's really um there's so many layers to this and I, I like what you're saying about the sort of the processing but what i feel really about it is that 
getting to that fourth step of acceptance and just to say them out loud for our listeners it's like you know the first to deny and suppress and then the second was anger the third depression and the fourth likely path or you know typical path here is then acceptance and i see quite a long timeline till one can find acceptance not always right you have i have some really young young adults that i work with that um are aggressively seeking solutions and healing that is sort of outside of the norm in conjunction with that's why i call my work integrative in conjunction with you know modern therapy you know psychotherapy things like this that help you understand but you really need to do something a little more um, on the somatic to really move it right and we, we we are now knowing this and we'll continue to see that research yeah. rise right but the thing about these stages like you know i can say from my own experience like i think i was in a, a pretty de- depressive bout for a good 10 years mm-hmm. like not knowing what to do yeah. therapy not working for me yeah buying all sorts of little doodads and not moving the needle much. Yeah. So, you know, having and then thinking about people that are much older than me that, you know, I work with people of all ages that come in and um they really want to squeeze the best out of what's left in their life yeah. and they want to resolve the the pain that's inside of them and they're you know a lot older so it can be something that's like get to acceptance as fast as you can yeah. but the, the first one like i think well two things one is that this progression is um it's it's a natural it's a very natural process to mm. a traumatized brain is seeking homeostasis yeah. but it is it is abnormally functioning. <laughs> like if you have a traumatized brain, so your nervous system, I think of it as like um, the visual I got is like, a, um, you know, a wire that's been cut. It's a live wire, right? The nervous system is sort of rattling inside of you, looking to have that resolution to finish and complete the conversation, right? So it's rattling. So it's causing these faulty behaviors because it must express itself. And, um, you know so the, its response in the brain is is a natural healthy response even though it doesn't to our modern um standards it, it it's like well you're not functioning well you're you're not making it to work you can't hold down a job you can't hold down a relationship you know you're taking stuff out on your kids what have you that you know the smorgasbord of things that can happen um but knowing that that is all natural and even if you look at deny and suppress so it's part of our heart like I'm going to say hardwired it's probably really um simplistic to say that but um so as a child we're actually not we're not resilient really it's like we we actually need the provider to bring us food to bring us love to hold us right these things are um developmentally necessary and if we didn't have them we would die so for a child to not receive what it needs from a caregiver for our survival as that child say a nine-month old baby that's not being fed or held they will in their mind create that denial yeah 
the denial typically shows up and looks like it must be something I'm doing that I don't receive the love. It's the same with a rape victim. It must be something I've done for my father to have raped me. I loved him too much. And that puts the onus on the victim because then it makes sense for them to continue because they need the parent or the caregiver to provide for them. So they can't say, well, it must be you. They, they say, well, you're, I have to keep this relationship good. And this is a mechanism so that the young child can survive. Right. So it's like that denial suppression is, is really important mm -hmm. to be, it's the same, and it is also disassociation. If we break down that process even further, it's like what actually happens to the brain. And we work in the, in the trauma work I do, we work through that disassociation. And it looks very different than um, the actual trauma event. And we sort of move between these different um, states within the nervous system. Yeah. And the nervous system is actually guiding us. Yeah. And there's as much content as there is. It's like different people, right? It's, it's, um, it's all dependent on how the information was stored, what they're... Um, I must think of it as like a physician because you know you can have two children from the same home and one had a much more healthy response to a situation and others yeah. others will have a harder time so it's it's um maybe their constitution uh, yeah it's interesting how even like an immune system uh happens different in the siblings and that and there is a genetic link but all of the clients i see with immune system issues i'll tell you have trauma Mm -hmm. And we know this too with the research that we see very similar immune system situations based on the trauma. And what I'm seeing is the exact way that the child had to protect themselves, whatever their, their mechanism of control was, whether it's to shield themselves, to hide, um, to self-critique, to fight, whatever it is, that's how their nervous system is working against their body today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was a lot, sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. what? It's really like, because oh, yeah, the immune system is so fascinating because it's so, yeah. so mysterious, but like, is it, you know? Right. It's like dramatic. It, it's true. And from a certain per perspective, it, it seems erratic and, mysterious and so forth but like you're saying there is actually a certain wisdom to the body um, and the way that it functions and it really is just trying to do its best in the circumstances that it's placed to help us out uh, in terms of making sure that we're able to continue to survive we're able to continue to function uh in, in in whatever to whatever extent that we are able to you know and um even i have come to see for example the like you gave a such a beautiful example of how the the tendency for survivors to go into denial or suppression um how that is actually a way for the mind to protect itself uh, or to protect you 
you know, I, we can give similar examples for how the same is true for when you're shifting into anger mode and how that anger is actually trying to protect you and move you forward and keep you safe when you're in depression mode actually uh, your mind is also <laughs> in a different way trying to help you and protect you and keep you safe uh, i know like for example with depression i will give you uh, an example a realization a learning that i had from my own experience my own healing journey was i realized that you know because one of the key aspects of depression is that you just lose motivation to do anything you know you don't even want to get out of bed anymore it can get so bad um, with the depression and even worse um, but really what the I think what the brain and what our mind and heart are trying to do by throwing us into that depressive state is stop us from doing so much stuff that we've been doing that's not been helping us and it's you know we've been heading in a wrong direction and it's trying to stop us uh, from doing all of this these unhelpful things and things that might even have been hurting us in some ways and and it's just trying to stop us from doing all of that and we weren't listening <laughs> we weren't listening to the more gentle signals that it was giving us and so it's like okay now i just have to go into this crash mode and just force you to stop doing anything by making you lose motivation to do anything because there's no other way that you're yeah. stopping you know yeah. And so what and, and 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 so once you just stop, then really that is what I know for me, that is what ultimately allowed me to go into a place of acceptance where I was like, I can't even do anything. I, I, I don't even want to do anything. And then what is there to do? And you're like, there's nothing to do. It is what it is. And you just kind of just it was only through the depression that I was able to move into acceptance. And he was like, fine, it is what it is. I've been through what I've been through. I'm going through what I'm going through now. There's nothing more I can do uh, or so it seems right now. So it is what it is, you know? And in, 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 that, in that seemingly strange way, my depression helped me. Um, and I'm just so grateful now for that. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. And how do you help others reach that stage four of acceptance? I think just realizing that, you know, someone is going through this process of all these different emotions and this turmoil, to not see that as a bad thing. And if, if there's anything that I can do to help them not see what they're experiencing, what they're feeling is a bad thing, you know, and, but maybe by sharing my story, just like what you and I are doing now, sharing some of the science behind the trauma healing process. Uh, so once you can begin to see and understand, ah, oh, we're actually 
already going through the healing process. This is all part of the healing process. Um, I think it can help people begin to shift into acceptance um, because then you can stop blaming and judging yourself and feeling bad about how you're yeah. feeling bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, which is hard to do, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially the youngsters, I think. You know, I think once you've you've weathered some things and you're older, you're like, here we go. You sort of know your stuff, right? You're like, all right, I usually I have some clients that like they get depressed every winter. It's like they they know what to do. There's a couple pillars or kind of things that they can use to prop themselves up and get through it. But when you're younger, you don't know yet. And you're expecting yeah. yourself to be a CEO by 22 and a half. And you're like, I got to keep going. And it's like, well, I mean, I've literally, I will confess, I've told someone and I'll probably say it again, that like, you know, if you're really struggling, drop out of school. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, one of my clients looked at me like, I was absolutely nuts. But I'm like, you know, I think the, the premise of it is like, there's really nothing more important than your inner peace. And if you're really struggling, it's absolutely okay to pause and reset, especially at that early age. Because the, the rise, like, I, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not exactly sure on every child, on every young adult, because they're also different, each, each one individual, but you know, someone who's just going to continue to run themselves over for some ideal that lives in other people's minds around them. That's so, it's such a construct that they're so far away from themselves that I think that it's actually, it would warrant just stopping everything and just, just allowing yourself to face all that yucky, scared stuff. And it is that feeling of like, you know, that depressive, like, well, what happens? I had one woman said to me the other day, one of my clients, she said, well, I just think I'll never get out of bed if I'm, if I don't push myself. And it's like, well, I would be actually probably really good for her entire system. Yeah. Cause I do biochemistry work with people as well, where I, I check what's going on with their metabolism, mm. anabolics, how they're absorbing their nutrients, all these kinds of things, hormones. And it's interesting to see that how that works with the mental health landscape of each client, because sometimes it's just good to stay in bed for three days and like yeah. let your body and just give up, like you're saying, because yeah. that give up sometimes is like what the what the client needs. Yes. I don't know. So I just think the medicine is like unique for the person and yeah it's really hard <laughs> to like life is hard as it is and then if we're hard on ourselves on top of this pro this underlying process that we cannot we cannot fight but i think there are, what's interesting to me is i think there are ways to speed up the healing yes, process for sure rather than like decades of getting stuck or you know yes. some of my older clients where it's been 30 years they're struggling with the same issue yes i mean other getting boring. I think for me, like in my history of like my inner work and my growth, when I really would um, transform would be when I got bored of the problem. Yeah. When I literally stopped wrestling with it. Like yes. I would, I would like, I mean, the amount of energy that I have is kind of like a lot. And I'd be like, 
like I was, I used to weigh a lot more, um, you know, I carried around a lot more weight and I was having pretty severe issues. And um, I, I mean, it was like, I obsessed. I was like, I was helping people with nutrition because I knew so, I was like doing so much with food, diet, exercise, everything, but I was so wound up about it. Mm. And it was years and years of not loving myself because I was too big to be loved, which was a story given to me by my beloved father, God rest his soul. And um, yeah, I remember just one day I finally said, you know, this is just, I'm like so bored of this problem. Like, I don't want to worry about what I'm going to eat tomorrow night for dinner all night tonight. <sighs> you know, I was like, what am I doing with my energy? And um, I just kind of like put it down. I just was like, you know, I just don't care anymore. Yeah. And the weight left. Mm. Yeah. It was a great, it was like, oh my goodness. And this is Einsteinian thinking. So well, how I work with my clients is I, I, I'm like, when you're actually wrestling and fighting something, you don't win. <laughs> like you're That's literally it. in it. It has you energetically. So, right. you know, have, yeah. So we do all this other, I do shamanic work and we go in and, and clear the energy. I do some quantum based work so that we're actually clearing things on um, the spirit realm mm -hmm. and the energy body, the bioenergetic field. So I like to just, let's pull way up. Let's like, let's pull up and above the yeah. problem, raise your vibration. This is very different than the trauma work I do. The trauma work is very like, we're going into the trauma. Like literally we're gonna go into it. It's dark, it's ugly, it's blah. But then this light work is a really wonderful way to raise yourself up above and be like, but I think we, I think we need both. We, we are, we are based on polarity, right? We have like all of these things and we want to be aligned and we want to be sort of that integration is really about all of the pieces being welcome. Yes. And being home, like yes. being like, yep, that's my past. Yes. I had to deal with that. You know, I spoke with someone this morning, like, you know, her father raped her. I mean, it, and it's like, you can't pretend it didn't happen. You can't ever completely forget about it, yep. but you can lessen the charge it has over you when a man walks into the room, right? right? Or when you're going to develop an intimate relationship, yeah. you, there is work that you can do. And I think that's to me a very exciting space of like, let's give people the tools because those 10 years of me being depressed sucks. Mm. Like just on the timeline of my short life, I cherish every moment. And I look back and I'm just like, damn, like I could have, I mean, you know what I mean? Like I could have got my doctorate like during that time, like I could have moved something ahead versus statically hovering. And that's what most Americans I feel like sadly are doing, coming home, opening a beer or soda and, you know, trying to numb themselves as much as they can versus trying to live as fully as they can, which is this whole other thing where, you know, like turn the TV off, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> no insults because like, I do have no, a TV no, no. I have my TV on too. Uh, you know, you just raised so many, so many excellent points. Oh my gosh. Okay, first, I, I think I just want to highlight that you know what what you were saying about getting to a point where you were just bored with the problem mm. and then you know you were like okay i'm gonna give up on this i'm gonna stop fighting it you were really 
coming to a place of acceptance, right? Uh, Once yeah. you came to a place of acceptance, then you were able to move forward, like beyond that problem. And you mentioned the word integration because I, at the very beginning, I said, oh, this model identifies five steps, but I never mentioned the fifth step. The fifth step is actually integration. So, oh. so, oh my gosh. And, but then, you know, within the, uh, within integration, I think that is where really it's like everything up to acceptance. It's like, we're fighting the battle, you know, mm -hmm. we're struggling with the problem, but mm -hmm. once we get to a place of acceptance, then, you know, when you say, okay, next steps, integration, I think that's where really the heavy duty healing ha happens. That's when we're really able to make begin to make leaps and bounds forward in terms of our healing journey and our healing process. And integration, it's like one word, but there's so much into, into it, like so much that goes into it. Um, and I'm wondering if you have, um, you know, something, you know, and I think that's, oftentimes also where so much of the light work is able to come in because oftentimes until you get to that point of acceptance you're not even able to accept the light work you're not you're not ready for the yeah. light work because the light work I mean one of the the hugest lessons I've learned about about light work and healing in that context is that the healing uh, that happens in the context of light work it's healing through love and the love will never force anything upon you it'll not even force you to heal something that you're not ready to heal you know <laughs> um and so it's like for people who have not yet reached the point of acceptance you know, you can yeah. sending all this love, healing, light, energy to them and they're not able to accept it. They're not able to receive it and therefore not able to benefit from it. Mm -hmm. So I'm also seeing it sort of like, a, like what tools you use are sort of depending on where you are in your, in your journey. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, no, definitely. I love that. It's interesting, too, because I think there's something about acceptance that is, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. My feeling about it is that it's more to do with accepting yourself than it is with accepting what's happened. Although I know that there is that that's sort of the thing. It's like we're almost saying it's it's that thing. It's that thing that happened to me. Why did that happen to me? Blaming it or whatever it is, or you know, God forbid. Like I mean, there's just so many crazy stories that mm. walk into my office. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you know, or yeah, like people that their whole family's gone, and you, it's just like, how do you accept that, right? How can you accept that? It's and I've had these conversations, and I'm like. It's blasphemous to even ask someone to accept atrocities. It's, yeah. I actually don't think it's the acceptance of what's happened. I think it's accepting oneself. Yeah. That like, this is part of my story. However gnarly 
and, and horrific it was like to just be like, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it rather than constantly being like, mm. like trying to change it almost that it's, ha- I don't know if that's even the word, but that to me is what I'm sensing right now on that ex- big acceptance piece. Yeah. Interesting what you say about like, you know, not receiving it. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Cause I do have some clients that were in a, a fight with all of life upon arrival and their bodies as well, like multiplicity of issues mm-hmm. and through the energy work, through, um, the quantum, uh, work that I do. And then just a teeny, some of them, just a teeny bit of trauma work they're they're accepting it's like it happened and it, it, i also have a theory that i i i used to apply often and i would commit i consider us at one with the universe right we know that quantum mechanics we are most certainly part of um yeah that sort of quant quanta um, possibility and probability is what we what we actually are much more than the point point 0.001% of matter which we pretend is all there is we know that's not true okay great so then if that's the case then we we can most certainly command the universe mm-hmm. and we're one with the universe so we can work we're working with the universe so thus we can say i want this so i think you know like that we can heal through love at any point yes yeah. By yeah, yeah. Ready, even though I'm not ready. Yeah, no, it, it's like the beautiful thing about the healing through love idea is that it will go as far as you allow it to go. So the fact that someone's coming to you, that they've reached out for help, there is a part of them that wants help, that is ready to receive and accept a certain um, uh a level of healing and a certain level of love, right? And so that is when you do the healing work with them, that is what they receive. That's the level to which they're able to experience healing in the moment. Um, And it's like that for all of us, you know, honestly, like even right now, as amazing as I feel, as, um, as happy and as peaceful as I feel, I know that there's stuff I'm still holding on to that needs to be healed and I do healing uh, healing uh, meditations and I have other people send me healing and like do healings on me and for me literally every day and every day there's more stuff I need to release and surrender (laughs) and um, you know so it's just that It's just that like one of the most recent realizations that I had of something that I was holding on to that I have not let go of, or I I will say I had not let go of in all of my 39 years of life was the need to protect myself. Uh, Like I took on this responsibility that I am responsible to keep myself safe. Mm. And just think about how impossible a task that is. Um, You know, I I mean, obviously I can do certain things to keep myself safe to a certain level in a certain context. But when you look at the bigger picture of 
what the realities of our life are. There is no way I can always keep myself safe from everything <laughs> in every situation. There's just no way. And so that when I took on that responsibility and I didn't consciously take it on, uh, but or maybe I did consciously take it on, but I was I didn't realize how much I was like holding on to it, like with a certain level of even desperation. And I wasn't willing to let go of, of that sense of responsibility. And that has been oh, like, that has been a block. That's been, you know, th there's things that I need to heal, like my relationship with some people in my life that I love the most, but I, I couldn't be as open and as loving and as compassionate with them as I wanted to be because of this need to protect myself and my perception of their doing things that I was like, oh, what they're doing is hurting me as I need to protect myself. And therefore I was like distancing myself from them and from the relationship and holding back, right? But the only way to heal the relationship and to heal myself is to sort of, you know, it, 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 it's to surrender that need and, and sort of step into more of a perspective of faith and trust that I am safe. I am being taken care of by the divine, by the universe, by God. And so I can give that responsibility over to God. God can take care of me. God can protect me. Um, it's not too hard for God. Um, and now that I have been, you know, for the last, I would say, few weeks, I've been working on releasing this need. Wow. You know, it's like just shifted, like something huge within me. And I'm seeing the impact of that uh you know in the in the way that my relationship with these people in my life is improving and how i'm feeling even better even more amazing and um but i for 39 years i wasn't ready to let this go you know so for 39 years even though for years now i've been doing this healing work um and having other people help me through the process i wasn't ready to let it go and so that was not something that could heal until now when i am ready to let it go and so now it is healing i love it yeah good for you this is so lovely to hear and to witness yeah. thank you yeah yeah and it's it's like an onion yeah mm talk that keeps coming around i'm so happy it's around um yeah so yeah it's like an onion one of my healers said you know it's like you're never done <laughs> and sometimes the things that you think you've worked through for decades come back and you're like really this is bothering me again but yeah we are human and that like that's the name of my company i'm a human like just you're human like let us let us be that and be imperfectly so and and keep finding you had asked like the you know what are the the tools to use for integration and just like that process that's really unique to you where you're like i've done all this but now for whatever ready you're whatever reason you're at yeah. acceptance and 
you know, I think that we all sort of know what the next medicine is. Like you sort of have hints and I think we need to listen and get the help that's that arises when it arises. I think that's a huge piece I try to teach people. And the other is that it, it won't move till it's ready. Yeah. Like your, your coping mechanism there with that, you needed it till you yeah. didn't. It. That's right. That's right. I needed to take on the responsibility to protect myself for 39 years. I yeah, and, and in one essence, it's it's medicine in its own way. It's yeah. a, it's its own medicine. So like, yeah. So I don't know. I think that that's the way really to look at it. It's like, well, until you don't want that medicine anymore, you're like, all right, well, I've had enough cough syrup. And like, you know, like other other people yeah. will be like coffee that they want to transcend mm -hmm. um, to support their adrenals. Okay, well, then that medicine probably worked for you for a while and it no longer does. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing. And I, I also really, really loved what you said about acceptance being more about acceptance of yourself because I never want to accept something like the fact that children are being abused in our in our world and in our lives. If there is something that I can do, if there's anything that I can do to um, prevent another child from being hurt, I'm absolutely going to do that. I am doing everything that I can to do that. Um, and at the same time, you know, and so far as my efforts fall short, because even in this moment, there's, I don't know how many millions of children who are being hurt. Um, and I am not able to stop that. I'm not able to prevent that. I, I still have to be able to love myself. Like, I, like you know, I, I can't um, fall into, oh my God, like blaming, judging, hating, shaming, whatever myself, because I'm not able to save every child right now. Um, you know, so I have to be like, okay, it is what it is and I'm doing the best I can and I will continue to do the best I can and, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm accepting my reality and I'm accepting my limitations and, um, and that, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that is what really the acceptance is about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so nice. Hmm. Well, there's so much more we can talk about. I think you'll just have to come back so we can keep talking. Uh -huh. Yes, oh. I think there's definitely more because we could yeah, we could go into a lot with tools and things to do. But I think it is like just really looking and listening and knowing that you have what it takes to heal yeah you no know, i think that's really my mission is really to help to help people access the infinite within the ability to heal oneself like this yeah. is our this is our right this is our birthright to be able to understand the resources within access them use them you know, and to be able to heal, to be able to transform through things where I see a lot of people just not knowing how to get through things and then they just compound and it gets worse. It doesn't get better unless you're really working to 
you know, sort of move through, let things move through you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think for today on that wonderful, empowering message, uh, let's wrap up. Um, I just for our listeners, for everyone who is listening, know that we will be adding Megan's links in our show notes. So you can connect with her. I'll add my links in the show notes. So you can connect with me. Um, and we like I, I know I'm saying we right now because I know Megan's with me on this. We encourage you to please seek out um, help and support because that is such an important aspect of how you can, as Megan was saying, there are ways we can speed up the healing process and the, our healing journey and seeking help and receiving help is a huge aspect of how you can speed that process up and make it more fun and make it more easy. Yay! Uh, yay. Yeah. So until next time, I just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy.